Welcome to the Diversity Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan Ember. We hope that you would just take a moment and listen and receive the Word of God. We know that one word from the Lord can change your life. And so we hope that this message will bless you and transform you in Jesus' name. Come on, has anybody enjoyed the happy holiday series that we've been in? We've been discussing the Beatitudes, and I love that video, but I'm going to be honest, the best time that that song was sung was not on the video. Um, It was when Billy and Jaslyn did their thing on the stage. We've had a fun holiday season talking about the Beatitudes, which if you look at that word bless, when Jesus says, blessed are the, that means happy. And so we've been discussing how to be happy during the holidays, but this message today is for all of those who still have their Christmas tree up. Come on, give me a, give me a amen. I got my hand up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because the holidays are over, and I still got one more message, but I know there's some people that hang on to the holidays. Some people keep their tree up all the way to February. Hey, listen, there ain't no judgment here on that. If you want Jesus uh, in Christmas season, the little baby Jesus, you want to keep celebrating that, I ain't mad at you, all right? But um, today is going to be one more message in this series. Even though we're beyond the holiday season, these beatitudes still go on. Uh, There's still uh, beatitudes to live out, and there's this joy that we can find, not just in the holiday season, but throughout our life when we live according to these attitudes that Jesus says and teaches about right here in the scripture. So today is going to be the toughest beatitude. Remember, these are like rungs on a ladder. Um, the, the, The more you go up in these beatitudes, you start one, two, three, keep going, The last one is the toughest one to live out. And this is a message called happy are the persecuted. Happy are the persecuted or blessed are the persecuted. Let's read what Jesus says in Matthew 5. We're going to read verses 10 through 12. These are the last parts of the beatitude and teaching. His teaching does go on and he expounds on all of this through Matthew 5 and 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. But we're going to just end uh, the series with this last beatitude. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, let me just say this. The first beatitude, blessed are the the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, matches the last beatitude. Blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All of them, remember, are characteristics of people that belong to the kingdom. All right, so he's saying from the very beginning to the end, these are all characteristics of people that belong to the kingdom of God. And so he goes on, he says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Now, you wouldn't think that this would be a blessing. You know, people are are coming at you. um, They are persecuting you. And he says, there's a blessing in this. He says, rejoice. And be glad. Why? For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who are before you. I want to examine this and find the blessing in what Jesus is saying is blessed are the persecuted. And so I want to just share with you three things about Christian persecution as we study this. This is not something that's talked about much in the church. When we think about blessing, we think about dollar signs. If I told you that God had a wonderful plan for your life, you would think that that's a Bentley and a mansion. But he's saying the blessing that I have for you sometimes is actually you being reviled and persecuted. Why is that? Let's discuss it, all right? So three things about Christian persecution. Number one, it's the results of righteousness. 
the result of living in the right way that God has called you to live. It is a result of you being in right relationship with God. Uh, Jesus said this very clearly. Here is the result uh, of, of um, this is persecution. And what brings that persecution? It's the result of righteousness. Blessed are those who are perse- persecuted for what? Righteousness sake. The reason why Christians are persecuted is for righteousness sake. So you could actually see the reason why these are tears on a ladder or, or if you will, rungs on a ladder is because like if you live out every one of the beatitudes we've already talked about, the last rung on the ladder is you're going to be persecuted. The, the result of you following the beatitudes All seven of the messages before today, the result of it at the end of the day is persecution. If you live out, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness and those who are meek. And you just live out being a peacemaker and you live out all these things. The result of that is being persecuted. This is what Paul actually wrote to his son in the faith. And this is something we got to understand in Christianity because our mind is warped by American exceptionalism. Our, our mind is warped living here by the American dream. So we adopt that stuff and we add it to Christianity when Christianity is not that at the core. And so if we don't actually expect some of the things that Jesus says comes with our faith, when those things happen, we think God has abandoned us. We think that this thing isn't good anymore, and we then abandon shit. Paul is writing to his son in the faith, and he says this in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yea, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you live godly, If you live righteous, the result of that godly living and that righteous living shall be persecution. Let me just say this. If you don't have any persecution in your life, you need to question, am I living a righteous life? If you don't have anybody coming against you for your faith, you might not be living in a godly manner. You might not have actually achieved this beatitude because you're not actually getting what this beatitude actually results, persecution in your life. Because if you live righteously, if you live out these beatitudes, there will be persecution. That's what the scripture says. Now, let me just explain the word persecution. It's also not a word, again, that we have even in our society that much. The word persecute means to pursue and follow after as one does a fleeing enemy. I just want you to think about your life in this context. To persecute means to pursue and follow after as one does a fleeing enemy. It means to vex. It means to irritate or oppress someone. You ever feel like that in your life when you've been doing the right thing? I know at Diversity Church, we got a lot of people that are brand new, even in their walk, and they started to live out a righteous way, and then they're starting to do the right thing. They've been coming to church. They've been reading their Bible. They've been, you know, discipling their family. They've been trying to follow after God. Have you ever felt vexed and oppressed and irritated and like you're someone being chased by an enemy, even though you're doing the right thing? 
Well, you're in good company. And you're set up for a blessing according to Jesus. Because those who live godly, those who live righteous, they're going to suffer persecution. You might have felt that way, but i got to let you all know that there is a blessing when you live it out. And we'll get to that later on in this message. But I have so many stories like this. Like when I'm doing the right thing, and again, because we belong to America, that if you do X, Y, and Z, you should you should get this result. And we feel like if I'm doing the right thing, I should get good things coming to me. We, we actually believe more in, in some Eastern religions with karma and other things than we do actually Christianity. No, when you live out the right way and you live out a godly way, sometimes bad things happen to you. I, I, can't, I can't preach this. I, I have so many examples of this. Like one of the times that came up in this message for me, like as I was remembering even in my own walk, was back in 2019, just a few years ago, when we decided we were going to go and take some new land on the east side and the north side of Indianapolis. It was like everything started to come out the woodwork against us. Like uh, we lost our foster daughter uh, who we had from the hospital for a year in our life. That was the very beginning of 2019. We ended up then um, having a windstorm that knocked uh, half of the siding off of my house. Um, Shortly after that, I had a slab leak in the foundation of my house. Um, And it was a brand new house that we had just bought. Uh, I had an old foe that I had tried to make peace with a lot. Like last week's message, I had tried to make peace a lot with this person, and he just came out trying to come against us again for like the 30th time. It was all in this year, and it was back to back to back, even though we were doing the right thing. Now, if that is you, I want you to understand, sometimes all we can do in those moments is just laugh and take joy That the devil is mad that we're living in the right way. He's doing everything he can to get you off of that right way. Come on, somebody. If you are seeing that type of persecution, just smile and just know he's irritated with the way you're living. He's irritated that you've been doing the right thing. And so he's, he's, he's calling all the stops. He's doing everything he can do to get you frustrated to get you mad, to get you off track because you are actually doing the right thing. So keep on doing it. Keep on marching. Keep on going. Keep on doing what God has called you to do. Now let's go back into, again, the qualification. Why? What is the result? uh, 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 What results in persecution in a Christian life? It's living in that right way. So I got to say this. I have to say this because a lot of times we get this twisted in the church. Please don't claim persecution for righteousness when you are suffering for something that is your own fault. Can I get an amen in the church, man? Sometimes we're like, the devil's all over me. And let me just give you a practical example of this, man. The devil's after me. And you might say that because you got a speeding ticket. Man, the devil, he just just don't want me to succeed. No, maybe you've been speeding. You broke the law, and now you have to pay the fine. Amen. Right? That ain't the devil's fault. That's your fault, all right? What, What we're talking about in this message, when we're talking about persecution and examining it, it's a result of righteousness. Christian persecution is a result of righteousness, and for righteousness' sake. Not doing the wrong thing and suffering. If you do the wrong thing and suffer for that, that's your own fault. There ain't no blessing in that. Amen. 
But when you're doing the right thing and you suffer for it, that's what Jesus is really saying here. And so maybe if you are somebody who's having a tough time making friends and you just think, man, it's, it's the devil. It's the devil, Bobby Boucher. It's the devil. Y'all, y'all don't know the water boy. If you think that and you just having a tough time making friends, maybe you need to examine, am I being unnecessarily offensive? Do I lack some tact in my personal relational skills? It might not just be the devil. Maybe in your witnessing and you're sharing the gospel and people don't want to hear you. Is it something that you're doing wrong in that presentation? Because I got a lot of people that, that say, man, I'm just preaching righteousness and people hate it. No, you just need a little bit more love and a little bit more mercy. Come on, some of the other beatitudes in your life. You're suffering. You don't have a following because you're getting in your own way. Because you lack some love and some tact and some interpersonal skills and some other things. Look, the gospel is offensive enough in itself. It doesn't need your help. Please don't be extra offensive. Matter of fact, put all sorts of love in your presentation of righteousness. Because living in a righteous way already will produce persecution. You don't need to add to it by being extra wrong in your life. All right? And so, again, this is a result of righteousness. For righteousness sake, there will be persecution that comes for you. And if you are living that way, just be encouraged that you're doing the right thing. So keep on going. But that leads me then to the second thing about persecution that I want to explore. It primarily manifests by two means. You see Jesus explaining this in verse 11. He says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. According to Jesus, persecution primarily manifests in two ways, the tongue and the hand. It manifests by the tongue, people saying evil things against you, and it manifests by the hand, people doing things against you. Let's talk about the tongue for a moment. When others revile you and utter all sorts of evil against you because you've been living for Jesus, you've been living the right way and you've been doing the right thing, people will do everything they can. The world will do everything they can to make fun of you, to discount you, and to try to cover up your light. That is what they will do. And so they will say all sorts of evil against you. They will speak all sorts of things against you. This is the result of living for God and living in a godly manner according to the scripture. I think this scripture really applies to this. And I want to read from John 3.20. This is right after John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. A few verses later he says this. The world doesn't want him though. God gave him his son because he loved the world. But the world loved their own evil. And this is what he says in John 3 20. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Just check this out. If you belong to Christ, you belong to the light. But some people are living in darkness and they don't want the light around them. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Not not just dislikes the light. They hate the light. And will not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. So why do people throw shade on Christians? Because their deeds are evil and they don't want their deeds to be exposed. Why why are people throwing shade on you? 
Because when you let your light shine, which is the next context, the next part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he's saying, don't cover up the light. Let your light shine before men. Don't put it under a bushel. Don't hide this thing. You got the light, so let that light shine before men that they might glorify your Father in heaven. All right? But when you do that, there's some people that hate the light. They don't want to come to their light or to your light and to God's light because their deeds are evil. We have to understand this. This is why persecution happens. This is why shade is thrown. This is why people revile you and will persecute you and say all sorts of manner of evil against you falsely for Christ's sake. I told you a story, I believe it was this last year about my daughter and she goes to a Christian school. Man, you'll find persecution if you live godly in every environment. Don't think you can escape it. Some of y'all got jobs where you're like, man, if I only had a Christian job. Because you, you, you know there's a bunch of heathen right there. And so you're having a hard time living in that environment. Okay, I get it. But listen, even if you're in a... I find sometimes more persecution in the church. Hey, than I do outside the church. Jesus found more issues with the religious than he did the sinner. Sometimes the greatest darkness hides... I think this is so important. So my, my daughter, I told this story. She's going to a Christian school and one of the boys in her class made fun of her because of her righteous stance and stuff at different times and because she wants to listen to the teacher and do her homework and things like that. One of the boys said to her one day that she was too Christian. You're going to find this everywhere. People making fun of you and saying all sorts of crazy things against you. And when you're doing the right thing, when you're just living the way that Jesus wants you to live. And so Tavi was talking to us about that and she was struggling with that and wondering if she was wrong in that. And this is the crux of the matter. The little boy, his deeds were evil. So he hated the light. It's really that simple. And so he's trying to throw shade on the light to make himself feel better. When people aren't living according to righteousness and you start shining righteousness, they're going to feel worse about themselves. So they're going to try to throw shade on your righteousness, on your light to make them feel better. So just understand this. You need to understand this because when you don't understand this, when those things happen, it will derail you. It can derail you. You think, man, I'm, I'm in the wrong. And so then you quiet down your witness for Jesus. You, you start covering up your light. You start saying, well, I, I'm just, I'm a little too heavenly minded. I'm no longer any earthly good. No, listen, don't cover up the light. Keep living for righteousness. Now, remember tact and all the other things you need to do and adding love and all sorts of wisdom into living out your righteousness. Don't cast your pearl before swine. I mean, Jesus gives us wisdom after wisdom after wisdom. But listen, let your light shine, knowing that in that some people are not going to like it and they're going to throw shade on you to get your light off them. All right. So that happens through the tongue. It happens through the tongue. That is how persecution goes, but it also happens through the hand. We don't realize this. Again, we are sheltered in this American bubble, but we don't realize how many of our brothers and sisters just this morning, in order to go to church, they risk their lives. I'm talking about all over the world, and I'm going to get you, I'm going to actually show you some stats here in a second, but 
Uh, I want you to know when Jesus says they'll revile you and persecute you, that word persecution also has something to do with physical harm. Things like confiscation of goods or banishment. For some of y'all, when you accepted Christ, some of you guys have actually experienced this. Some of your family didn't want anything to do with you. Even in America, right? They banished you. Again, they made fun of you or whatever. That Maybe you're still going through that. Maybe they just, you know, I don't want to spend time with you. I don't want to talk about those things. And again, that, that, is, that is what this is about. It could be imprisonment of body. I mean, you look at the New Testament, you read the book of Acts, you see this over and over again. It could even be an innumerable amount of different types of death. If you look at 10 out of the original 12 apostles, they died martyrs' death. People were crucified like Jesus. Peter was crucified upside down. You had people speared to death. You had people's heads chopped off, all because they were living for Jesus. And that world that they lived in in that moment said no to that. You can't do that. If you do, you're going to die for it. Uh, one of the other apostles, John, he was banished to the island of Patmos. This is where he wrote the book of Revelation. And he was banished to an island in prison just for his witness for Jesus, right? This is what happens. It's the hand that comes after those who are following Jesus. Let me share with you some stats because we could talk about the apostles and that seems like 2,000 years ago. That's not happening today. Well, let's actually look at some stats. According to Christianity Today, just in 2021, when they did this, this latest poll, every day they say 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith. Every single day, 13 Christians are killed for their faith. So by the time we're done having church, already one person, almost two, will have lost their life today. By the time the day ends, 13 of them, just for following Jesus, just for living out their righteousness, just for doing what God has called them to do, just for living in a godly manner. The world who hates their light will come to try to put that light out. 13 Christians every day lose their life. According to Christianity Today, it goes on. Every day, 12 churches or Christian buildings are attacked. Again, this is around the world. Thankfully, we have some laws of freedom of and freedom for religion here in this nation. But all over the world, people's religious facilities, if they have them, are being attacked. Twelve of them every day. Every day, again, according to Christianity Today, 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned. I want you to think about this. Now, we might not have that physical persecution coming at least from the hand of our government. But we might have him happen in other ways. Again, people banishing us from our family, banishing us from environments. I think the more our culture becomes godless, the more we're going to see even from the top down persecution, maybe even coming like this in America. What are you going to do about it? Do you love Jesus and do you love righteousness enough for, to live for him no matter what the cost? I remember asking myself this question when I was a young man first following Jesus. I thought, man, if I have a hard time following Jesus in life, could I even follow him 
unto death? Like if I have a hard time just loving my neighbor, you think that when it comes time when somebody has a gun to my head, you're gonna continue to follow Jesus? Like, am I gonna, am I gonna follow him even to that point? Uh, I think this is a, a, a very important thing for Christians to weigh. It helps us get our mind off of all of the foolish stupidity that sometimes we major on. <laughs> like we, we get in church arguments and people leave the church because we've, we've changed the color of paint on the walls. We, we changed the color of carpet. Oh no, we changed the time of service. And, and people get all bent out of shape over some of the, the minor things. When this thing called Christianity, it can cost us our life. And it is our brothers and sisters all over the world today. This is important stuff for us to think about. And we got to recognize the more we actually go after God, this will be the result some way, shape, and form in our life. I want to show you this graph of the most persecuted countries in the world. I think this is really important as well. So every one of the countries, you can see the rank on the right side from 50 all the way up, um, light orange all the way to dark red. You can see where it's most dangerous to follow the Lord. And when I say most dangerous, I'm saying that this could cost you your life, imprisonment, things like that, um, your goods being taken, that type of thing. If you look all across that, um, that map, you see in Northern Africa, in the Middle East, into China, some of the worst persecution happens. Again, this morning overseas, some of our brothers and sisters were taken to jail just for coming to church. Some of them maybe even lost their life. All right? Because persecution happens because of the tongue, it through the tongue, and it comes through the hand. But here's the third and final thing that I want us to learn about persecution, Christian persecution. It comes with a special blessing. This is why it's in the Beatitudes. This is why Jesus says, happy are those, or blessed are those. Because when you think of those stats, when you think of what we just talked about, when you're thinking of people coming against you, you're not thinking, yay, I'm happy. <laughs> That's not what we're thinking about, right? We're thinking, dang, this, like, the preacher really got heavy in the church. But according to Jesus, there's a blessing that comes with it. There's actually a joy here that there isn't even in other things. There is a happiness that is found here more than winning the lottery, more than getting that job that you've always wanted, more than getting that car, the house, or any materialism that you've ever wanted. There's a blessing here. Matter of fact, it's the eighth rung on the ladder. It's the highest blessing of the Beatitudes. If you look at them as they go in order, he says, rejoice and be glad for your reward is Great. Everybody say great. Jesus says, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All right, so there's a couple blessings and there's some joy found in this persecution. And I want to just share with you two rewards for the persecuted Christians that, that can bring us great joy if we realize this. So if you're living for righteousness sake, people are making fun of you. You're finding some type of persecution in your life and you will if you're living righteous for Jesus, even if it's not like what our brothers around the world are experiencing, you will experience it some way, shape or form. Here's two rewards for you just to give you great joy, great blessedness in the middle of whatever you're going through for the Lord. Number one, 
you're going to have a great reward in heaven. A great reward in heaven. Now, listen, every Christian's going to get a reward in heaven. Every one of us. Every Christian will have a reward in heaven. But for those who suffer for righteousness sake, to the degree they suffer will be their reward in heaven. All right. So when he says great is your reward, he's saying this in the context of suffering persecution. So the more you suffer for righteousness sake, just because you were doing the right thing and the enemy came after you and he used people to come after you and he took things from you or maybe even you lost your life as a result of that. To the degree you suffer, you will be rewarded. I thought that would bring somebody some comfort in the house today. Because maybe you felt like that person fleeing from an enemy recently. Maybe you felt like that person vexed and irritated all the time because of your, again, walk with the Lord. Well, to the degree you suffer, you will be rewarded. God sees all of that, and he is allowing you through that suffering and through that persecution to lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. And great, he says, will be your reward. Uh, I preached on this last year um, through the seven churches in Revelation that John was writing to. And in Revelation 2, he's writing to the church of Smyrna. And this is what the Lord says to them through John the apostle. He says, do not fear any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation, he says, 10 days. Be faithful unto death, the Lord tells them, and I will give you the crown of life. Now, this this reward, when he says the crown of life, he's only mentioning this particular crown in light of this persecution that they're going to be going through. There's other crowns that he mentions in other portions of scripture that are not the crown of life. I don't know what the reward will be for those martyrs who give their life or those who suffer great persecution for following Jesus. All I know is it's going to be great. And all too often because we're Americans and we are materialists, we want to see what we've dreamed for right here and right now. Because that's us, a lot of times we miss the joy that is to come in heaven. And that joy and that hope of what is to come gives you joy and hope right here and right now. There is a blessedness in knowing what will be one day that if we would hold on to that, if we would have hope in that, if we would look forward to that, it gives us energy and joy and hope right now, even though we might not have that hope in the circumstance that we're going through. We don't know how to hold on to that as, Chris, as American Christians, so we're constantly waiting for God to bless us right now. Oh, you'll be blessed, Christian, but that blessing might not come until you go see Jesus face to face. Now, this is why I think on that map, America should actually be red. Let's throw that map up. I know it was in my other point. Can we throw that back up? See, see America being white like, or, or gray up there? No persecution. It's not tough here. Well, according to um, John Piper, who is actually a modern theologian, um, I believe a, a great man of God from everything that I've studied from him. He said this. America is one of the hardest places to live for Jesus. 
And we might not think that because according to those stats that we mentioned earlier, our brothers and sisters dying overseas and being brought into prison and all that kind of thing. Well, what John Piper's trying to bring revelation to is that many times in American Christianity, we're just deceived. We've bought into the lie of the prosperity gospel and some other things that I've already mentioned in this message. And so sometimes it deadens us. We're living for just now. We're living for what God can do for me here. I'm just living for a bigger house and a a nicer car. I'm just living for better clothes and I just want to look cooler. Come on, am I preaching today? Is this not the environment that we have? Is this not the modern church, right? And so people have a hard time following Jesus through the stuff that we go through. And you're going to go through it. When you're persecuted and you recognize, listen, when you recognize, like some of our Muslim converted Christians in Sudan, the way they, they accept Christ is they put one hand to their throat and one hand in the air. Because they know if they accept Jesus, it is a death sentence. That if I actually say, I'm going to put my hand to the plow, I'm going to put my feet into Christianity, I'm going all in. They know what that means. In the American church, we say, oh, I'll, ta- I'll put my toe in the water. And if Jesus starts to bless me, if I start to have a lot of money and, and I have a lot of success, then I'll, then I'll put my knee in. But then when things start not going good for me, then I'm going to take it out and I'm going to leave the church. Remember what we talked about last week? Blessed are the peacemakers. When somebody starts to say some bad things to me in the church, I'm, I'm out. Oh, man, I wanted to say something so bad right there and I stopped myself. Thank you, Lord. Blessed are the meek. I was about to say something. We get so many things twisted all the time in the church because our our goal isn't to follow Jesus. A lot of Christianity is disguised in idolatry of me just trying to get rich and famous. And so American Christianity is tough because we don't have this line in the sand. And it, it is time. And I'm, my next message series is called, um, it's called the uh, Prophetic University. It's time for prophets to stand back up and draw the line in the sand and saying, here's Jesus and here's the world. Who are you going to follow? It's time for us to get serious again, but it's so hard for us to get serious because so much of godliness is disguised as idolatry. It's us just pursuing our own lusts and our own greed, and we just put God on it. No, following Jesus means I'm giving up everything. I'm choosing to live for his way. And not just my way. 
I'm choosing to walk with the Lord no matter what the cost, no matter what I have to do. I'm choosing to stay in church no matter who says something stupid to me. I'm I'm, going to choose to make peace. I'm going to choose to hunger and thirst after righteousness. I'm going to choose to do it all no matter what the cost. Because great is my reward in heaven. I'm not just living for here. And thank God that he will reward you here on earth too. He says there will be great reward for his apostles on this side of heaven with persecution, he says. But really what we need to always focus on is what's coming later. There will be great reward for you if you would follow Jesus. And so that is one thing that can bring us joy. And that's why there's a blessing in this persecution. But then secondly is that you get this entrance or admittance into a special group. I don't know if you've you ever wanted to be in the in crowd, y'all. I mean, that's the reason why we do so much of what we do, right? Well, there is no greater in crowd than the persecuted. And you get a minute into this group, according to Jesus, when he is sharing with you the blessedness. Why? Why should they feel blessed when they're persecuted for righteousness sake? For they also persecuted the prophets who were before you. The greatest of all have suffered for Jesus or for God or for godliness. The greatest, the the heroes of the faith who have walked with the Lord and done great things. Read Hebrews 11. They were sawn asunder. They were cut in two. They had their heads cut off. They were thrown into fiery furnaces. We, We celebrate those guys all the time or those girls all the time for their faith in God. But their faith in God came with a great price. And if you really will follow the Lord, it's going to come with a great price. And that great price is what Peter says is worth more than all beautiful refined gold. It is what real Christianity is all about. It's the eighth beatitude. It is for everyone who lives godly in Christ Jesus. But if you do it, you're a part of this fraternity of other people who've done the same thing that are heroes of the faith, including our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, 20. He says, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Now, why should that bring us joy? Because it should show us that we're a part of this select group of people that belong to Jesus, who suffer for his sake and his cause. And if that's happening to us, it happened to him. This is what Paul says. I want to know the the fellowship of his sufferings. Like there's this deep connection and fellowship with Jesus when you suffer for doing right, because he suffered for doing right. There's this deep connection you will have, and I'm going to tell you, Deeper than, the, than the, the, the highest mountaintops I've been on has been my connection with God in some of the lowest valleys. When you journey with the Lord and you begin to be in fellowship with him, not just again on the mountains, but in the, there is something that comes out of that. Peter says, again, it's worth more than gold. And then you think about all the people that have gone before us that have suffered the same thing. 
And there's this joy, there's this blessedness in it. Again, it's hard for us to understand in our materialistic world that we live in. But there's a heavenly blessing. But there's also a joy that comes here on this side of heaven. Because blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom.